after that check, for whatever reason, it just like put things into active mode. Like looking back on it now, I know I went into active labor at that point because everything just kind of like went inward and I couldn't be distracted from the contractions anymore. I really, really, really had to focus um, and really had to use a lot of the coping skills that I had learned to like get through them. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where you'll gain the knowledge and confidence you need to erase the unknowns of pregnancy and birth and rock the newborn days like a boss. My name is Liesl Teen. I'm a fellow mom, labor and delivery nurse, and your host. Each week on this podcast, you'll hear a mix of birth stories, expert interviews, and other fun pregnancy and birth-related content. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now let's get into this week's episode. Hey guys, happy Monday. So this week on the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, I have a really fun episode for you guys. Caitlin Carl is a fellow mom who was on the podcast actually way back in episode 78. So during that episode, she shared with us all about her infant adoption story for her son, AJ. It was such a cool conversation and I learned so much about what the infant adoption process looks like. At the time of the recording for the show, Caitlin was actually pregnant and expecting her first biological baby. Caitlin and her husband always knew that they wanted to adopt and have biological children, but weren't necessarily planning for it all to happen so quickly. In today's episode, Caitlin came back on the show to talk about her pregnancy and birth. Her pregnancy ended with a difficult pregnancy complication known as PUPS, which causes an itchy rash all over your body that made it nearly impossible for Caitlin to sleep. This resulted in an induction just two days before her due date. Caitlin talks about how she had planned for an unmedicated birth, but still had a very positive experience with her induction and epidural because she had prepared for every possible scenario just in case. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode with Caitlin. Wondering what you need to do to stay on track during each week of pregnancy? Not sure what you need to be learning or researching along the way? I can help. Sign up for our free weekly pregnancy series to get tips, advice, and resources tailored to your exact week of pregnancy sent straight to your inbox every week. Sign up at mommylabornurse.com slash I am pregnant to get your first email today. See you in your inbox real soon. Hi, Caitlin. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thank you so much for being here again. You're a second time. You're a second time. I don't know if very many people come back on the podcast. So it's a pleasure to have you on again. So can you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and maybe, you know, tell our listeners about the episode that you were on previously and then what we're going to be talking about today? Yeah, so uh, my name is Caitlin Carl, and I am a mom to two kiddos, uh, AJ, who's 13 months, and Ellie, who's one and a half months. Uh, I've been with my husband, Jake, for, we just celebrated six our six-year anniversary. We've been together since we were uh, 19 years old, so we've been together awesome. a, a long time. Awesome. And uh, previously, I was on the podcast to talk about my adoption of my son, AJ, And uh, at the time I was pregnant. And so I had found mommy labor nurse through being pregnant. And then uh, we wanted to talk about the adoption. And then now I had my daughter, Ellie, and I'm super excited to share about her birth story. 
Love it. Love it. Well, I'm super excited to hear it. I haven't, I think you sent emails and stuff. I haven't read anything. I like to be surprised, you know, on like what's go, what, how it went. And for those who have been Mommy Labor Nurse uh, follow, podcast followers, you ha- if you've listened to episode 78, that is the episode that Caitlin shared um, her story about her son, AJ. And if I'm looking at his picture right now of how cute he is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he looks way different now than he did. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. It's the picture that you sent me of him and his little white. You guys are in white yeah. and he's just like, he's got his little fist like. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I think so he was, exactly. I think we actually in that picture had just found out that we were pregnant with Ellie. So wow. he, was, he was, uh, just not even four months old yet. Wow. Wow. That yeah. is amazing. All right. So you talked about it a little bit in that episode, finding out you're pregnant. Can we start from that point too, just for people who maybe haven't tuned into that episode, I want you to go through that and then tell me all about your pregnancy and how that was. And then we can go into birth stories. Yeah. So I, uh, again, we had adopted our son, AJ. He was born June 19th, 2020. And, uh, I kind of talked about it a little bit in that podcast episode, but we did not adopt for infertility reasons. It was just something that we wanted to do. Um, and we had planned to have kids biologically eventually, but we definitely weren't planning to have, uh, another kid so soon. So, uh, it was definitely a surprise. Uh, we actually found out on national daughter's day that we were pregnant. And at the time, uh, my husband said, Oh, it's definitely going to be a girl. Cause we found out on that day. And so, of course, of course <laughs> and then, it, then we found out that it was, um, and yeah, it was definitely a surprise, but it's not like we didn't want to have more kids. So it was just kind of like, Oh wow, we're really going to have two kids super close together. It wasn't part of the plan, but let's go for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it, It'll be fun. And, um, yeah, pregnancy for me was really hard. Uh, I think, I definitely did not have one of those glowing, easy pregnancies that some women have. I'm so jealous of all those women that are, uh, don't have morning sickness and, you know, there's not really complications or anything. So I definitely experienced morning sickness, which I hate calling it that because it's It's, not, it's not in the morning. No, No. it's not isolated all day. Yes. All day, every day for 20 weeks for me, I was just sick all the time. I wasn't actually like throwing up, but it was just feeling nauseous nonstop and nothing could really help. I mean, I, I had the preggy pops all the time and that was about the only thing that could kind of help, but you know, that, that only lasts for five minutes and then yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. feeling nauseous again. Yeah. So, exactly. um, yeah, so that was really hard. And I think just hearing so many people talk about, Oh, once you get to the second trimester, it'll all be better. And then it wasn't. And I was yeah. just like, yeah. when is this going to be over? And you know, taking care of a, at the time he was only, you know, three, four, five months old when I was, you know, experiencing all that. So that was hard. Um, and then, you know, everything, thankfully, you know, the pregnancy itself, baby was healthy. Everything was good there. It was just kind of the symptoms from pregnancy that were hard. So okay. like the sciatic nerve pain for a while, which, uh, for me, at least going to the chiropractor helped so much. I put it off for a little bit. So I'd never been to a chiropractor before. And so I was just kind of like, Oh, I guess I'll try it. And I, I waited probably a week and a half or two weeks to do it. And I was like, why didn't I do this sooner? Cause it literally took two appointments and I was like already feeling so much better. That's Um, yeah. That's how I felt when I went to the chiropractor during my pregnancy too, because I, with Rylan's pregnancy, cause I was not one that had really seen chiropractors 
before that point, I had been to like a, like a handful of visits when I had had like just back pain, um, intermittently, like throughout my life and it never really helped. So I was like very skeptical just in general of chiropractors, but I found a really, really good one. And same thing. I had really bad tailbone pain. It wasn't sciatica, but it was like really bad tailbone pain. And like after a few visits, it helped. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, I told you. Like, it, it really, <laughs> yeah, it really was. Yeah. And, and that was the thing. It was like, yeah, uh, yeah. the chiropractor I went to, she was, you know, specialized in pregnancy. pregnancy. Yeah. yeah which yes. literally one of the most amazing medical professionals I've ever experienced. She was so great. Um, but yeah, so then have that, my big thing that I feel like nobody, at least I didn't really hear talked about that much was how much my ribs hurt from expanding, not necessarily like the kicking. It was just my ribs expanded like four inches and it just all the time. It was just so sore and so painful. Um, and yeah. And then the, the last one, the thing that really set everything off, um, into my birth story is I developed pups. Oh, rash. Yeah. So to kind of explain for those that don't know what it is, it's this crazy pregnancy rash that I've seen, saw, saw a lot of different numbers, but it was like anywhere from one to 150 to 300 women will develop it. And essentially it's literally, they don't know what causes it. There's just some risk factors like being a first time pregnancy, having multiples or um, a lot of weight gain, being pregnant with a boy. I was going to say, I heard it's boy. Yeah. 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 Which then sent me a little bit, like I was kind of nervous. Like, am I actually having a girl? Yeah. Yeah. It's like 70% of cases are boys. But anyway, so I fit a lot of the risk. Like I, I didn't have multiples, but I did gain a lot of weight. I gained like 60 pounds. So, um, but yeah, so basically it starts off at this rash and the stretch marks on your stomach and eventually spreads all over your stomach, all over your legs, all over your arms. It doesn't usually get up higher than like um, your chest area. Like it doesn't go up there and to your face or anything, but it's like everywhere. And that definitely is exactly what happened to me. So starting at 37 weeks, I got the little rash in my stretch marks on my stomach and, you know, not a big deal. And then it just slowly over the weeks spread and spread until I was, it was like 39 weeks and it was Memorial day weekend. And I was just covered and I literally couldn't wear clothes. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't, I mean, I could sleep for like maybe at the most like 45 minutes Oh Um, just because like having fabric touch it. Yeah. And it's so itchy. It's like being covered in thousands of mosquito bites. Um, so yeah, it it really was not fun. So, uh, that's kind of what set off my birth story, but backing up a little bit throughout my pregnancy, the one thing that I was feeling really good about was I had decided to, um, I really wanted to try to have an unmedicated birth. Yeah. And so, that was just something I don't really know why I decided to do that, but I just, it was something that I wanted to do. I was not well-educated at all. It was just kind of like, I think that's what I want to try and do. And so I had been with midwives that uh, practice in a hospital. So, um, that was kind of my route to how I was going to, um, planning to give birth. And so I had, you know, they had this awesome alternative birth suite in the hospital and, I was going to plan to do a water birth because you could like actually birth in the tub there. And so yeah. that was my whole plan. And I had done a lot of prep work, uh, 
you know, to like, I was bouncing on a ball all the time and I was eating dates and I was doing like perennial massages and all the things. Yeah. And so then when I had pups, kind of everything went out the window there because I just couldn't handle the itchiness and couldn't handle the not sleeping. Yeah. And so that's kind of where everything changed. <laughs> did your provide? So obviously I'm sure you brought it up this up to your provider. Did they mm-hmm. give you any sort of insight? Like try this, do this. Yeah. Yeah. So I tried all the different things that were recommended. I, they did prescribe like the, um, topical ointment. Um, the, it's like a topical steroid. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. cause that's yeah. the only thing that kind of helps a lot of times is steroids. Um, but because I was, 37 weeks. I think that I couldn't, or at the time when I actually got diagnosed with it, with the midwives, I think I was like 38, almost 39 weeks. And so at that point it was too, they were too afraid to give me like oral steroids, I guess, Mm -hmm. because it was too close to the birth. So there were a bunch of different things that were recommended that they, that they recommended. And that I looked up online. One of them was like this crazy thing called pine tar soap, which smells like a campfire. I was just going to say that because I've heard that that helps. Did that not help at all? Not for me. Not for me. No, unfortunately. Yeah. I tried like aloe. I tried, um, oh gosh, there's so many different things that I tried, but none of them really worked. So I just kind of, they would work for five seconds and then I'd be itchy again. Yeah. Sounds miserable. Did they yeah. test you for cholestasis too? Because yes. you're itching so bad. Yeah. 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 So they tested that first to make sure, cause that's kind of like the common one that yeah. they try and rule out. Um, it, it was pretty clear, like the, my symptoms and how it looked and everything. It was like the a pretty clear cut yeah. case. Yeah. But you know, they of course want it. There's right. not like a test for it. It's kind of like you rule out everything else and everything yes. else. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I, again, I had planned to do a whole, a natural, like a natural birth and everything. Um, but I actually, so one of my best friends, um, she actually ended up being my doula. Uh, she, when we had kind of met earlier on in my pregnancy, we, you know, we obviously talk all the time because we're best friends, but we, we had actual little meetings right together to plan out like what, if it was up to me, what would I like my birth to look like? And, you know, talk through everything. And at the time I hadn't taken a class yet or done anything. And again, I didn't really have a real rhyme or reason as to why I decided I wanted to do unmedicated, (laughs) but uh, she was like, right, right. You wake up yeah. one day and say, Hey, this sounds good. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. But she had recommended you actually, she oh, cool. said, she said, you know, that's I'm, she's all for it. She herself had, uh, she's two kids and she had one, um, birth that was an induction, an unplanned induction, but she still did it unmedicated. And then her second, she was in like birth center and had gone like 24 hours unmedicated and had to be transferred and ended up getting an epidural and everything. So she had a really good perspective. She's also a nurse. And so she had a really good perspective of like, you should learn about everything. And so she knew about your course and knew, you know, oh, you, you know, the birth it up class, the natural course still talks about all these other things just in case, cause you never know what might happen. And so I was like, Oh, I guess that's a smart idea. And it ended up being like the best thing that I did. Okay. I would have been so in the dark about, um, interventions and I wasn't because of your course. Um, I was able to kind of be like, okay, I know 
about all these different things. I can plan and practice all these coping, you know, mechanisms and all these different things. But, you know, at least now I know I can be prepared in case I need to have an epidural or in case I need any of these interventions, in case I need to be induced and all these different things. And so, um, yeah, so I did feel really, really prepared. And we'd even talked about, um, cause I'm, I'm the type of person I need like eight hours of sleep at night. So I know if I get too exhausted, I was like, I probably will want an epidural at that point. Cause I'll just be too tired. So we had all these plans, you know, if it's gone past this amount of time, we'll probably talk about that, but it was really cool to have Lauren as her name on my side and be able to know exactly kind of what my idea for the plan was. Um, she was my- like your personal birth plan. Like she was like yes. an in-person birth plan. I love it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it worked really, really well. Um, but yeah, so once the pups developed and once I was not sleeping, uh, my due date was June 4th. And then, like I said, this was Memorial Day weekend that it, just really got unbearable to where I couldn't sleep anymore. Uh, I had to go in on the second cause they were not there on the, um, or I, sorry, I had to go on June 1st. They weren't there on the 31st, which was Memorial day. So it was like a Tuesday. So I had to wait till then to go. Um, and I was like, I want to be induced <laughs> ASAP. I can't yeah, handle baby. this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I need to get this baby out of me. Cause again, the only cure for the pups rash is to have the baby out. And at yeah. that point they could, they felt comfortable being able to give the oral steroids, which also should be, should have helped. So we, I went on, it was uh, Tuesday, June 1st. I was like, please, I need the baby out. My midwives were wonderful. And they were like, totally understand. Um, Cause we had talked about it before. Cause they had said, you know, they'd had cases before and women had gotten induced because of it. And so they were like, you know, just let us know if there gets a point where you feel like you, you know, aren't going to be able to stick with the, with your plan. Um, and we'll definitely, you know, make that work. And so when in on June 1st, they scheduled it for the next morning, uh, June 2nd at 5 30 AM. So Woo, right was, early. yes, it was like <laughs> the most miserable weekend, but then having that and knowing that was coming, I felt so excited and happy that I could finally just, you know, start the process of being done with the rash and getting my baby girl out. Yeah, <laughs> so. exactly. And I think that is a really great way to like a really great way that a lot of people look at inductions too. like induction sometimes has a negative, you know, connotation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've heard that from countless people, like, at least I, I, you know, I, it, it's like, it's like a, a, a very secure form of control. Like I know yes. this is going to happen on this day. I feel really good about it. So yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad that they were able to <laughs> indu- like, it wasn't, you know, cause I mean, pups is one of those ones. Yeah. That is certainly an indication for induction, but have heard of some providers saying, you know, okay, it's based on the severity and your symptoms, right. blah, 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 blah. but it's like, dude, yeah. <laughs> Look at me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Itching, like yes. itching my skin off here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, which by the way, I didn't mention this. So one thing, if anybody does develop it, one thing I would highly recommend doing is I happen to have my nails done with dip powder. Oh, and that I never would have thought of this, I'm but that actually that. helped me. Oh yeah. That helped me to not like scratch myself to death because oh, you know, your nails aren't sharp. Yeah. yeah. So I could, thankfully like I didn't scab myself up because I saw a lot of women that did. So one tip okay. that okay. was good is if you start developing it, go get your nails done with like dip powder or acrylic or something. Got so it. Okay, that's I didn't tip. like 
Yeah. Thankfully I didn't like make myself super scabby or anything, but anyways, sorry. That was a side note. No, no, no (laughs) apology. Yeah. No, no, no. I love it. That's a good tip for anybody listening. (laughs) Pups is one of those ones. It's not super crazy common. Like you said, you said the statistic, but if you do have it, it's not, Yeah. not so Yeah. And yeah. And that's the thing. It's not dangerous. That's the kind of what you were saying. It's not dangerous. So it's not like you need to be induced or you need to, but like you can become just so miserable (laughs) that it's like, and you're already miserable because you're so pregnant. Usually most women will develop it like at the end of their pregnancy. I think some even get it postpartum, but that's a whole different thing. But anyways, so yeah, it's like, you're, you're just already miserable. Yeah. I had a friend actually, she got pups, um, postpartum and she was miserable. She, and they it's, you can do a lot you can tackle it a lot differently with the with the oral steroids and everything because you're not yeah. pregnant anymore, but still not fun. Now you no. have a little baby that you have to take care of yes. and you're stretching <laughs> your skin off. So yeah, yeah, not fun. All right. Yeah. So let's walk through this induction, this birthday. So when you got, so let's go from like, when you got there, what happened? Yeah. And then let's go through the whole day. It is already October, you guys. Where did this year go? Fall is here, school is in, and mom is in full swing work mode. Rylan is really getting to that age now where he can really just sit and play for a while while I drink my morning coffee. It's so, so great. And one of our favorite activities we love as the days start to get a little cooler is digging into his new Panda Crate from KiwiCo. Want a little extra quality time with your kiddo? Why not switch up things with a Panda Crate box from KiwiCo? Panda Crate is a subscription box filled with playful, open-ended activities backed by research and designed especially for naturally curious and creative babies and toddlers. With a Panda Crate subscription box from KiwiCo, your baby receives a new crate filled with two months worth of products and content every other month. Whether you have a brand new newborn or a trailblazing toddler, the Panda Crate is perfect for your little one's developing brain. Panacrate is here to help infants and toddlers build a foundation for learning. Rylan just started walking. Yay! And he loves pulling his little pull-along truck that came in his new box. His truck helps encourage coordination and his gross motor skills through play. Panacrate supports your baby's rapid development in the first two years of life with science-backed products that support child-led play and encourage open-ended exploration. Each crate includes age-specific products designed by experts and backed by researchers at the Seattle Children's Hospital to help babies at every stage learn by doing what they do best, playing and exploring. All shipped right to your door and there's no commitment so you can pause or cancel anytime. Build a foundation for early learning with Panda Crate from KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping with code MLN50 at KiwiCo.com. That's 50% off your first month at KiwiCo.com, promo code MLN50. And now let's get right back into this week's episode. Yeah. So, um, again, it was bright and early five 30. It was nice. Um, kind of what you said with planning and everything, it was nice to be able to have everything planned and ready to go, especially having a baby at home so that, you know, he could be watching everything. So like my mom came over to watch him, she was staying with him and everything. And so we left, got to the hospital, we were admitted right away and got into the room right away and everything. And they checked me, you know, right off the bat. And I was still the same that I was at the um, office the previous day, which was like one centimeter, uh, 60% effaced. 
And they commented then on how posterior my cervix was, but they could like really feel her head. Okay. They said that her head was really, really low and they had to like reach around, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. um, you know, feel or whatever. So they um, had at that point said that the first thing that they were going to do was start me off with the cytotech. Um, so it took a little bit to, you know, get all that going. So it was like 8am is when I took my first dose of the cytotech and actually the contraction started off like pretty much right off the bat, which was kind of crazy, but I couldn't feel them at all. Like I could just see them on the monitor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I might've been having some contractions before, but I, I never really felt like Braxton Hicks, but I think I might've been having them. Like I think I felt like the tightening, but I never... Yeah felt anything too crazy, but just seeing the monitor, it was like, okay, I'm having contractions. So, um, the plan with the cytotype, you know, was just take it every four hours until, um, they were ready to start the Pitocin basically. Yeah. So that was kind of what we did. We, my husband and I during quarantine, for whatever reason had been really into survivor. And okay. so <laughs> I don't know why, like we'd never watched it before, but we decided to like watch it from like the first season and we've been watching it. How many seasons are there? Like 20? so many. Yeah. yeah. There's like 40. Oh my yeah. gosh. So we, we just threw that on and we've been watching cool. it and, um, it was a great distraction. And so, yeah. So my midwife, eventually like came in, um, I, the midwife group I had, there was three different midwives. And so, uh, this one, Mindy is her name. She was going to be on call. Like it was like for, uh, from 7am that day until 7am the next day. So I knew just, I had been kind of prepared that because of where I was at, where I was at. And because it was my first birth, it was probably going to be, you know, 12 to 24 hours likely for my cervix to just ripen. And then, you know, we would start the Pitocin or whatever. So they gave me like kind of the heads up. It's probably not going to be until June 3rd or whatever in the afternoon that she's born or whatever. So I was kind of prepared. And so I knew, okay, I'll probably have two midwives at like the first one and the second one. So yeah. Mindy was the first one. She came in. She is so great. Um, just, I, I loved, it was really interesting seeing, cause you know, they, they were on the same floor as the OBs and everything. And so it was um, interesting to see the difference between how like the nurses and the midwives kind of talk about everything. Um, the nurses were fantastic too. Um, don't get me wrong. It was just like, uh, the way that midwives kind of work is it's, um, they're just a lot more, they ask a lot more consent type questions. They'll say, is it okay if I do this now? Is it okay if I do this? Whereas, um, a lot of times just like OBs and nurses, the way that they go about things, is just like, okay, we're going to do this now we're going to do this. So just a little bit different. Um, but yeah, so she kind of was like uh, checking me. I think the second time I got checked, I had made a little bit more progress. And so she had said, you know, let's try to do the Foley bulb um, to just get things moving a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and she kind of told me that, you know, she'll try to insert it. But if there's any, if she feels like it's not going in right, or like there's a chance for the water to rupture because my water hadn't broken yet or anything, then we might, you know, not do that. And so they had tried putting it in like three times, which was not the most comfortable thing. Um, and it just would not stay in. Like, I think it was, again, that my cervix was still really posterior and then her head was so low. So it just didn't work. So like, okay, we'll just keep going with the cytotech and see how that goes. So, um, you know, I'd taken, I'd already taken a second dose. And so they're like, we'll just wait another four hours. And then 
um, you know, take a third dose. And so like, I got a few more episodes of survivor. We're good. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so that was nice though, too, because I was with the midwives again, they do things a little bit differently. And so they had kind of known, and I kind of talked about like the plan. I'd probably get an epidural at some point. Um, I was not trying to be a hero and go through Pitocin and all that stuff without, um, pain meds. And especially just being so exhausted and tired already. I just knew myself. I was like, I'll probably want to be able to relax. Um, so, but like normally they, a lot of the OBs probably wouldn't have let me eat or whatever. They would have said not to eat, um, or only drink liquids at that point, but she was kind of like eat however long. And then once you get the epidural, then you can like have liquids Mm -hmm. if you want them. And again, it probably would have been a little bit different. Um, just if, if I had the OB, so that was nice that I could like eat and mm-hmm. do whatever the whole time. So that's what I did the whole day. Basically we watched Survivor. Um, I ate food and the, I think just like the adrenaline or whatever, like the itchiness wasn't so bad that day. So good, that was kind of great. Um, so yeah, we, I took a third dose kind of at night. It was like 6 PM or something. And then things were, had started to progress a little bit more to where I was like, okay, I think I want my doula, my friend Lauren to come now. And so she came at like 7.30 PM. And at that point, like the whole day I'd been having contractions, um, baby, she'd been tolerating them. Well, I hadn't really been feeling anything yet. Like I, there was, you know, as the day progressed, it was starting to get a little bit uncomfortable, but really manageable. Mm-hmm. All of the contractions, I was able to kind of use some of the coping skills I had learned. So like a big one for me was just breathing in for four and out for six. And then also I would like tap on things and like kind of count that helped a lot. Um, but like everything was, I was still like talking through everything. It was really, really not painful at all. It was just like kind of a little bit uncomfortable by the time like Lauren got there. And then we were just, you know, we got there, we're talking, she was asking about how the day went, whatever. So then like shortly after she got there, it was like 8 PM. I had another check And after that check, for whatever reason, it just like put things into active mode. Like looking back on it now, I know I went into active labor at that point because everything just kind of like went inward and I couldn't be distracted from the contractions anymore. I really, really, really had to focus um, and really had to use a lot of the coping skills that I had learned to like get through them. And so um, we had already, I'd already talked again with my midwife, Mindy, and with Lauren that I think at some point I'm going to want the epidural. I kind of had a plan in my mind, like just with the way things had been progressing and how everything was going. I was kind of like, I think a midnight would probably be a good time for it because then I can get some sleep and whatever. And I'd already said that way before I was feeling any pain or even wanting it or even remotely close to being there. Um, And so we kind of had that plan in place, like even no matter what, I would probably get it at that point, even if I wasn't feeling like I needed it just because I would want to sleep and just, you know, be good to go. So once things got into high gear, it was like 9 PM and it was like the perfect amount of time to actually have that midnight plan be in place. And so I went through, um, like two and a half hours of having like active labor and like really breathing through it. It was kind of hard because there was a lot of double and sometimes even like triple contractions, um, just because of the medicine and everything. I still wasn't on Pitocin at this point. It just really got things. Yeah. 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 So yeah, so it, it worked really well. Um, 
again, the tapping for whatever reason worked really well. And then, um, eventually like the low, like breathing, like, Ooh, out, mm-hmm. whatever that, like, it was just naturally like what came over. And I was so embarrassed before labor, like that I was going to be making noises or whatever, <laughs> for whatever reason. Uh-huh like really self-conscious about that. But, um, in the moment, obviously did not care at all. Um, I was going like this, like a horse, <laughs> the whole, like in Ryland's labor, I probably yes. looked, I mean, people do that. It, it yeah, you know, it's that's, not, that's, that's the coping, anime Gaskin, yeah, right? Yeah. That's a coping, that's a coping mechanism. Yep. But yeah, like looking back at it, I was like, I probably looked crazy. Like just going <laughs> the whole time during my labor. Right. Right. <laughs> it's what works. Yeah. Yeah. You got to latch on to something like you yes. said, the tapping was one thing i we, I see that so many times, like people are like, when it gets intense, it's, it's, it, there's so many things that I teach like in the, yes. in my course, but sometimes it's like, okay, I just need to latch onto one of them. Yes. Yes. <laughs> because I'm exactly. like, hey, I'm in so much pain. I just need something. Right. Mine was yes. definitely the horse slips. Yeah. 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 No, exactly. <laughs> and like I had brought all these different things, like the tens machine and yep. like a yeah. comb and all, I didn't use any of that. All I did was the tapping and the ooze, which was fine. I liked yeah. at least having the comfort of knowing that those were there. I know my yeah. doula, like she brought things too, but yeah, that's just what works. She, so she did like counter pressure on my back, which was cool. nice. When that I was going through and then my husband was just like kind of in front of me and I was holding his hand and then doing the tapping the ooze and then that worked for the the two and a half hours got the epidural placed and then was feeling pretty great for like 20 minutes Uh-oh. after well it was good it was good I was feeling great the whole time with the epidural it's just okay. then it got nauseous oh which gotcha gotcha, gotcha. Common thing so yeah. I felt like you know the full relief of that I was feeling really good um but yeah, then I started getting nauseous and kind of had the shakes and everything, but again, was still able to relax a lot. And it was nice because my husband, Jake, he had been up the whole night before anxious or whatever about the yeah. fact we were being induced. And so he hadn't really slept the night before. Yeah. And so because my friend and doula Lauren was there, I was like, you sleep. I'm fine now. Like I'm not needing to work through the contractions. I need you to be, you know, awake and everything for when the real stuff <laughs> happens at the end and like to take care of the baby once she's here and I have to rest and whatever. And so it was so awesome to have Lauren there as the support, um, through all that, even with an epidural, it's so awesome to have somebody there that can be like your advocate and be really there for just you. And so she was amazing. And she would, she was like massaging my legs that felt, felt nice. And then I was getting really tense from shivering. So she was like massaging my shoulders and my face. And it was just so awesome. She had like, um, the essential oils and everything. And it was so funny because every time like a different nurse or somebody would walk in, they'd be like, Oh, we know this is a a midwife room because it just smelled like all these different things. Um, is she an actual is she a certified doula she's training yeah so I'm I was her first um like yeah I I, it it was nice because she had wanted to take the course anyway she actually eventually wants to be a midwife right now she's a nurse and so she wants to train to do that and and I was her first like uh I guess not patient. I don't know what you would call it. Client. 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 Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, hi, yeah. Lauren. It sounds like you did a fabulous job. So you got mommy labor nurse approved. <laughs> yeah. No, she she is. But she and and again, she's one of my best friends. And I knew yeah. like from the start, she was like the only other person besides my husband I'd want in the room, just her personality type and the way that she like she just is really educated and really like so good at advocating and knowing when to sit on her hands when she needs to, but also knowing when she needs like be in, in, in the action. And so yeah. and she's just an amazing person. So it was cool. great. 
Um, Yeah. So right after the epidural, they started the Pitocin. Um, I think at that point I had really progressed a lot more. I think I was maybe like four or five centimeters and like almost hundred percent effaced or something. And so definitely ready to go with the Pitocin and um, yeah, the next couple hours, I was just kind of nauseous, maybe like, and threw up like maybe once every hour or something. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't terrible. Um, just kind of relaxed. It was dark. And like I said, Warren massaging me, it was great. Yeah, I got yeah. to rest. I kind of slept on and off a little bit. Um, baby, she was tolerating the, um, Pitocin fine. Good. She was, uh, LOA and for whatever reason, she just did not like being on the left side. So I couldn't like mm-hmm go to the left side. So then my right side, I was starting to feel a lot heavier on the right side than the left side. So this kind of kept having to try to do different things that way, but generally she tolerated it well. When you say she didn't like that side, was was she having heart rate changes? Yeah. When they, when they tried, yeah, they tried like putting me on my left side just to, you know, rotate or whatever. And then every time they did it on the left, she just did not like it. So I just had a heavier right side, but, um, it was definitely the epidural was working perfectly. I did not feel anything like other than just like the pressure or whatever, it was not painful at all. Um, yeah. And so just kind of the next couple hours, we just kind of relaxed. I did what I could. Um, I think my water still hadn't broken yet. And so they were just kind of waiting for that. Um, the way the midwives kind of do it, they don't like to break the water unless they have to. And so they're just kind of like, we're not going to really break it. Um, then I think it was like 5.30 in the morning. I thought I felt like a little trickle, like my water might've broken. And so they came and checked and they were like, um, no, I don't think it broke yet, but it might've torn a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so that actually ended up being what happened was like, it, there was a little bit of leakage, but like her head blocked the rest of the water. Yeah. From coming through. Like yeah. more of a high leak, like kind of back behind her. Yeah. Yeah. All right, the sound of that baby crying means it's time for this week's segment of Birth It Up Babies. This Birth It Up Baby says, our sweet little girl decided she was ready to meet us at 6.45 a.m. on May 27th. Her due date was the 26th, and all day that day, I had period-like cramps. I didn't think too much of them because I had a membrane sweep the Friday before and had been having cramps since then. My water broke around 9.45 p.m. that evening, and my contractions started at 11.30 p.m. By 12 a.m., they went from 0 to 100 real quick. We live an hour away from the hospital, so that drive there definitely sucked. I got an epidural at 2 a.m., and by 5.30 a.m., I was 9.5 centimeters. I pushed for about 45 minutes, and she was here. I took your natural course, and I love that it covered everything else. I love that one. So... That is something that I have very clearly in there that this is called Birth It Up the Natural Series, but we're also going to go over epidurals and other pain management techniques, other pharmaceutical options, just in case you change your mind, because I want you to be prepared. So if you want to learn about the course that this mama took, she took Birth It Up the Natural Series, and you can head over to mommylabornurse.com and click on the Natural Series. All right, let's get right back into this week's episode. Um, but so then, yeah, things just after that point really started to progress a lot faster. Um, so I started getting a lot more shaky. And again, because I had epidural, it wasn't like, I couldn't really feel anything different other than maybe like a little bit more pressure. Um, so then 
the shift change was about to happen at like seven again. So like my midwife, Mindy came in one more time to, to check and, and whatnot. And I was really starting to progress a lot faster. And so they're like, Oh, I think Jenny's going to, Jenny was the next midwife to come in. They're like, I think she's going to be delivering you pretty soon. And so they started to like get everything kind of ready to go. And then, um, I started to kind of feel the, the pressure down on my like bottom where it like mm-hmm. felt like I had to poop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was like, Oh, I've heard like that. That means that like, it's going to be showtime here in a second. So, yes. um, yeah. So then I really started feeling that. So they checked again. They're like, that was, this was the first time that my next midwife, Jenny came in and checked. She's like, Oh my God, baby's head's right here. Like, she's Yay. like, she's like, you're ready to go. It was like, uh, 7:45. So they started really like getting everything together and, and it was like 8 AM and I started pushing on my back and uh, like my water immediately just all came gushing out after that. And I pushed maybe twice on my back and then they're like, let's try the side. And so they rotated me to my side and, um, I started to push more, like maybe I had like maybe eight more contractions after that. And then she was born. <laughs> like it was wow. so fast. It was like 20 minutes of pushing and awesome. she just came out so fast and was not expecting that. I had, I didn't know what to expect, but it yeah, definitely yeah. was like, it was a lot faster. So I think the fact that her head had been so low was like really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. And I felt good that like all the bouncing on the ball that I did, like actually yeah, did girl, something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, girl, did it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so it just was like the most amazing feeling like, Oh my gosh, like I actually just did this. And it was really only from the start, my first dose of the cytotech to when she was born was like 24 hours yeah, and really only cool. active labor to when she was born was like 12 hours basically. So yeah, it was like the most empowering, amazing feeling. It went so smoothly. I could not believe like that. It just was so smooth. And honestly, like I, it feels crazy to say that it wasn't even like painful. Like there's moments of uncomfortableness. Like once I got to the active labor and didn't have the epidural yet, but it just was amazing. (laughs) So that's awesome. And how, how big was she when she came out? She was huge. So she was nine pounds, three ounces. (laughs) Yeah. I could not believe that. Cause again, with midwives, they don't usually do like growth scans or anything. So Mm -hmm. I mean, the only indication that she might've been bigger was that, um, you know, I had gained like 60 pounds. So it was like, maybe she was going to be bigger, but yeah, I had zero idea. My husband's like five ten and weighs like 150 50 yeah. pounds. <laughs> like yeah. I'm not like a huge person either. So I don't know where she came from and she was only born a day before her due date. So I, yeah, I have no, she's a big girl. Yeah. So, so that's, that's yeah. pretty darn big. Yeah. 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 And so, and I only had, I had like one like internal second degree tear that like Great. didn't really yeah. bother me at all. So I was shocked. I don't know how I did not come out with more <laughs> damage awesome. of 20 minutes pushing in a nine, nine, nine pound, three ounce baby. She so. must've just been in there. You know, some, a lot of the reason why that happens, it's like the perfect storm is like, they're in just that perfect position yeah. to come out and they just get right wedged up in there. And it's like, you got a nice comfy epidural. They can, yep. your body can naturally push down baby. And then yeah, we see that all the time, especially yeah. even with first time moms that, you know, they've been, we call it laboring down for a little bit, just yeah. kind of sitting with the epidural, not, not pushing. Um, and they're in that perfect position. And then yeah. it helps so much because 
it's exhausting to push for hours and hours. Yeah. And I'm like, wouldn't you totally. much rather push for 20 minutes? Yeah. Like, that sounds no, exactly. Like a dream. Exactly. Yeah. No, that it was, I couldn't believe that that was what ended up happening. Cause I yeah. think one That's of my awesome. big fears was just having one of the, like a third or a fourth degree tear. I was really, really yeah. worried about that. That was a big yeah. fear. Yeah. So, um, yeah, thankfully that didn't happen. I feel really bad when that does happen. Cause I know it's a really hard it's recovery. Not so fun. It's not, no. so fun. it's not a great recovery. Well, Caitlin, no. tell me about your postpartum recovery and being in the hospital and then getting home. And I want to hear about AJ <laughs> and her and you introducing her to him and how yeah. it was, or if he even like <laughs> batted an eye or anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. So, um, postpartum has honestly, like I had such a hard pregnancy for me. It was just really hard. And then yeah. postpartum has felt really, really not difficult, which I know is not always the case. So I feel really, really lucky. Um, I think a big thing for me is I had, I had chosen actually before to not breastfeed. That was just like decision that I made. And so then also with the pups and taking oral steroid and all these things. And, and the fact that she was so big, she's LGA or whatever, which is like large for gestational age. She needs to like eat right off the bat. It just this perfect storm of like, it would have been really, really hard to breastfeed anyways. So I was kind of glad I'd made the decision already not to. So I think that helps because obviously I know that like that can sometimes make it a little bit harder, just adjustment wise, like trying to get used to all of that too, as well as recovering. So I could kind of really just focus on recovering. Um, I didn't move at all for like two weeks. So I think that helped too. Um, and yeah, I just, thankfully everything has recovered really, really well. And I've felt really awesome. And, um, it also helps Ellie. She is a pretty good sleeper. So that, that makes a big big difference too, when you can get sleep. She's she's fussy when she's awake, but at least she sleeps. So that's the best I can hope for. A huge advantage to not breastfeeding to formula feeding from the start is, you know, you can, like you said, focus more on just your recovery and it allows you and your partner kind of equal responsibility. Um, breastfeeding is amazing, obviously, and breastfeeding is amazing, but Yes, I do see that with moms who choose to formula feed from the start. It's it's much more easier to tackle it as a yes. team effort. Yeah, yeah. No, and that and, and again, there are lots of reasons why I had decided that was kind of part of it and just having an eleven and a half month old at home. It was just kind of like yes. It just made sense for us like that Girl, at the time. Yeah. So it was like, Hi, you guys set your expectations yeah. real low. Yes. I get yeah, it. Yeah. So um anyways, yeah. So recovery has gone really well. And then um yeah, the hospital say that nurses were great when we went to the postpartum area and um we were discharged like the next day. She was born in the morning at like 8:21 a.m. And then, so we were discharged like the next day. And so that was nice. Um, the COVID rules had just eased up a lot here Good. to where we could have visitors and stuff. I wasn't sure if I was going to want visitors or not, but um, we did end up wanting them and they were able to come in. So, cause I think they had just changed it where in our hospital, it was like right before I gave birth, it was only one visitor per day yeah. total. Whereas then they had just changed it to like two at a time like, but anybody, any two could come in rotation the whole day. Like it was right. just way different. So 
um, that was nice. And then, yeah, bringing, um, <laughs> bringing Ellie home to meet AJ was so fun. Uh, kind of what you said, he doesn't understand at all. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> he smiles at her and it's the cutest thing in the world. Like he thinks that she's so funny. Like he just like smiles Aww. and he pokes her nose and like, he tries to share his toys with her. When I say share, I mean, like, kind of like hit his toys like on her. matter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he's trying, he's trying. <laughs> so, um, but it's really, it's really cute. So, uh, they'll be best friends, but yeah, he definitely doesn't understand yet. There's been little hints of jealousy that I've seen, but I think he's yeah. still yeah. even too young to yeah. really understand that. So, um, he's also like the easiest kid in the world. So that helps a lot too. <laughs> he's not been super, um, he's been pretty good at like playing by himself and stuff, probably because we had both been working while he, we were watching him <laughs> because of COVID and yeah. he, um, he just had to play by himself then. You, so. you learn how to be an independent yes. kid real quick that way. I Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, everything that way has been going really well too. So it's definitely an adjustment having to, um, I think two our under two and they were two yes. under one for, a few right. Days, right? For, for, yeah, they were, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's definitely an adjustment. Um, but we're really grateful and, and it's really right now I'm home with them on leave. And so it's really helpful that my husband works from home. And so in those moments of desperation, <laughs> um, I can be like, can you just come hold Ellie really quick while I, yeah. you know, do whatever with AJ. So, um, that is really helpful that he's at home and works from home. Um, but I, I've just kind of learned that there's going to be times where somebody's crying and I can't do anything and exactly. that's, they'll be okay. They love me still. I love yep. them and they'll, they'll be okay. It's just yeah. like, and every day gets easier. That's what yes. I feel like as the older they get, you know, I, I saw a quote, I don't know whose Instagram it was, but it was something like, the, the best slash saddest part of motherhood is like every day does get easier and every day they get more independent and they need you less. And Uh that's great. But also it's like, so sad to think about that. (laughs) That is depressing. (laughs) Sorry, not to end your episode on a depressing note. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Caitlin, thank you so much for coming back on and sharing that birth story. That was just amazing. I'm glad that those who have listened to your first one could hear now you being a mom, you know, having, having a biological birth, um, versus, you know, adopting. So I love that that you're able to come back on and share your story. I know you shared your Instagram before, Mm -hmm. um, in your other episode. Do you want to share it again here for people to follow along? Yeah. So, um, I think in my other one, I shared my adoption story Instagram. So I can share my personal one on this one. Um, so it's at Caitlin Carl, which is C-A-I-T-L-Y-N-K-A-R-L. I I know very confusing with the C's and the K's and everything. There's a bunch of different ways to spell it. Um, (laughs) but yeah, so that is, uh, where I can be found on Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This is a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I had an awesome time. All right, guys, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and letting me be a part of your motherhood journey. It is truly an honor. 
If you like what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And I love hearing what you guys think of the podcast. So if you're liking what you hear or you have a suggestion, I'd be so grateful if you'd go ahead and leave me a review wherever you're listening to help more mamas just like you find the show. What do you think? Are you starting to feel a little more confident about your pregnancy and birth? Well, if you want more, be sure to head on over to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast for today's show notes and a library of episodes so you can keep getting educated before your upcoming birth. And while you're over there, be sure to check out the blog and learn about our online birth classes. Find it all and more over at mommylabornurse.com slash podcast. See you next week. Same time, same place.